Welcome to the Redemptions Hill Sermon Podcast. For more information, feel free to visit our website, redemptionshill.com. to be back with you. Um, this is an early hour for, for us. We, we are used to meeting at, at 11.15, so uh, we made it. <laughs> I, I know I can speak on, um, on TJ's and I's, uh, or Pastor TJ and I's relationship, but I, I do um, you know, see y'all as family. You know, we, we've, been, we've been talking about how do we take the Lord's commands, how do we take him seriously, um, especially when he prays these um, outlandish prayers about the unity and the oneness of the body. How, how, how do we actually look at that blessing that comes from the Psalms where it says how, how good and pleasant it is that brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the do, and I won't get into all that because we'll be here all day, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like how, how, how do we actually look at this and look at his face and make this a reality? And I can tell you um, I, I, am, uh, I am blessed and, and I am encouraged to be with Pastor TJ, and that, that this is a man that says, you know what, it, it's not about my thing, it's about his thing. Um, and that's why we're here this morning, because we're like, hey, you know, what, what churches, <laughs> with all the competition and different things, would say, you know, I don't care who gets the glory. God, we want to obey. We want to take you seriously and see you do what only you can do, because it's not about us, it's about you your kingdom, your rule, and your reign. And so um, y'all inherited me as, as family. I could be the crazy uncle or something. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mind. Um, I just love y'all and, and hope it's, it, it's well received back to me um, and to us. So I, if you don't mind, I'm just going to pray. Garrett's prayer was amazing, but I just want to make sure I'm centered in the Lord because it's not about me this morning. It's really just to give y'all a, a precursor. This is about abiding and it's about him. It's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus, but sometimes we can skirt off. So, Father, we just give you the glory this morning. Lord, we ask that your word would, would, would be alive. Father, it would, it, would, it, would, it would come alive in us that is already as living and active. Father, I ask that you would, you would hide me behind you, Father, that I, would, that I would decrease this morning as we open your word and rally around who you are in the pages of the scriptures you wrote. It says that this, Jesus, that, 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 that you, are the, you are the word that, that became flesh. And so, Father, we just ask this morning, Father, would you be alive in us? Would you allow your word to be alive in us? Would you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight? Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And I just thank you that as we, as we rally around who you are in your word, that you will enrich us, you will fill us, and you, you will equip us uh, to be your witnesses um, in our communities. Jesus, we just thank you for your blood. We thank you for your cross. We thank you for your resurrection. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so um, y'all been trekking through First John. 
And uh, I am 1 John 2, 28 through 3, 10. So I'm just going to read that, and then we'll, we'll take it apart, so to speak. So now, little children, remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. For if you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone, does what, everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called children, God's children, and we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins and there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. Everyone who has been born of God does not sin because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin because he has been born of God. This is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. Whoever does not do what is right is not of God, especially the one who does not love his brother or sister. Lord, bless the reading, hearing, and especially the doing of your word. Okay, this is a lot, right? This, this, it, it may seem like a, a little chunk, but this is a lot. John, John is not doing us preachers any favors here because you could spend a whole sermon series on a piece of what he's lining out. These are not like, you know, you, you see those verses that are placed on people's walls. It's like little children. It's like this, this is a, a stake, that has been placed on the table that we have to try to cut and digest on just, just the, the beginning alone. I mean, the, the heavy hits of, of justification and sanctification and righteousness. I mean, these are not small concepts. These are not for the weary of heart, right? Like these, these, are, these are robust concepts that, that John is starving out saying, hey, since you know these things, this, this is what this means. And so, so, what we can uh, gather, I mean, as you've been traversing through First uh, John, you might have noticed that this isn't written as some of Paul's epistles to those who just have come into the faith. This, 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 John, John's not writing to, to those who, who just, uh, you know, they, they got baptized, they're out of the water, and he's saying, hey, I'm saying something to you. He's writing to those who got some time in. They've been on this walk a little bit. Right, and so the writer is talking about proofs of salvation, or is not talking about proofs of salvation, but rather proofs of intimacy. So he's not saying this is how he, he said this is proof of your salvation. This is proof of your intimacy, not proof of your salvation. And we can call this abiding. 
right? We, if we go through, I, I had a hard time uh, titling what this section would, what, what would be the meat of it. And I, at first, I, I started with intimacy with Christ. Then I'm going through, I'm like, no, you know what? This, this is abiding. This, so, so what I love about the writer, John, um, and we can get into theological uh, debates or, or, or cross-pollination and whether the elder John and the disciple John were two different people. I mean, it's a fascinating study if you want to go through that and look at that. But whoever it was, was what is agreed upon is the same writer of the gospel, John, is the same writer of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And you, one thing I love about him is I was... I, I was and happened to, I guess you can still be a business major. I, I graduated with an MBA. And so uh, the, the economic posture in me loves how John takes passages that he had already written to remind the people he's writing to now. And so if you look at 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, if you read the Gospel of John recently, you'll think, wait a minute, I've seen this somewhere. This concept has shown up somewhere else. And if you go back to actually John 15, 16, and 17, you will notice that he's reminding them of something he wrote already in his gospel. So the, he, he, he recycles. So if you hear a message that, that Pastor TJ preached a couple years ago and he brings it back, that's, that's just a, a economy and working, right? He's just be, he's, why waste something, right? Why can't we just reuse? what? If it was good, then it might be good now, you know? Don't, 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 don't uh, be too hard on him for it. I, I've reused some of this, right? You know, it's like, as they say, this word is living and active. And so I love that about John. I love it. It's like, look, I'm not going to just recreate the will here. I've said this before. Um, but the deep Things that he calls to in this are interesting. So we'll, we'll try to wade through this. And if you will notice, and um, our folks will be glad, I only have two and, a, two and like a quarter pages of notes. But these are concepts that hopefully we will start. And that's why I've, I've tried to, like, this cannot be a lot here because these are just heavy heavy concepts, and it would be well for our hearts to be able to see this not as rule and rote, but as, as a principle of eating with, being with, just being head over heels for Jesus, and the rest of the stars that out. He, he's not sitting here. He's not pulling a James, though James is not wrong and saying, hey, you got to do this, this, and that. He's saying, if your love is true, this is what it looks like. If you really are in love with the person of Jesus Christ, this is what it does to you. It changes you. This love affects everything you are. And so if you do love them, there's going to be proof of this intimacy and this abiding that plays out here. But he's not saying do all these things so you look like this. He's saying this is the proof that you've been enamored with the Lord is it has an outworking. And it's different because if you take it backwards, you get into somewhere you never want to be. And so as we starve through this, I hope that's what, 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 what pours out of this abiding passage as, as he's trying to, to wade through these things. That with the church, you have those who have infiltrated and said, we are of Christ. But he's saying, but his love has not affected you. My, my, the love between my wife and I has affected me um, a lot of positive ways, Right? But we also know there are ways it has affected me that has made me different. I mean, when you have kids, there's an, 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 it affects you in ways. And it's, uh, 
for the good. I mean, Romans is clear that, that all things work together for good for those who love him are called according to his purpose. But, but Joseph was able to preach that, and he was in jail and slavery. So, you know, there, there are things that, 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 that this love does to us, if we're honest, and, and it's for the good, but it's not always what we would desire for it to do. That makes sense. It, it, it works on us. And so this is what John is saying. Excuse me, I take a drink. I, I'm like parched. All right, so if we, the way I've tried to, and this is going to be corny because I can't, you can't, it's like the, the all-inclusive God, the, 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 the uncreated one and trying to boil him down into matters that we can understand is just nonsense. The foolishness of preaching, right? It's just nonsense, but, but I'm, we're, we're trying to take a stab at that. So the few concepts we will, we'll start through, we'll call them air, right? Anybody remember that song, uh, uh, this is the air I breathe, your holy presence, I, I love that song, but, but we'll, we'll call it air, right? And so abiding is, is the A in air, the, the inheritance that, that some people move past that John actually touches on heavily here, and then, and then the righteousness. And so you have this, this, this air that he is in, in this passage he's getting into. And so, so we will start with the A, and we will go through. You don't have to use that and remember it, but hopefully it sticks as we're working through this, right? And so the A is the abiding, our, our personal intimacy plus our corporate relationship. If you, if you think about this principle of, of abiding, and so... so in John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do, and this word is crucial, nothing without me. And some of us will say, Jesus, you lied there because I can do a lot of things without you. We're honest, right? Because you can do nothing without me. It's like, no, I can, I can raise my kids without you. I'll just add you a little bit. Shoot, I can, I, can, I, can, I can have a church without you if I just add you a little bit. And Jesus is like, no, you don't, you don't get it. You can do nothing without me. And so John's bringing us back to this because he says, so now little children remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. See, the, the, this, this abiding, he, he also puts it here in, in, in 1 John 3 in, in, chapter, in verse 6. He says, everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. What people like to talk about then is like, what's he talking about with sin? Like, do we not sin? Do we sin? And, and they miss the whole fact that everyone who remains in him. We, we don't even have to worry about, like, we can talk about if we sin, not, but if we remain in him, this is the outflow. And so while we're sitting here arguing and tussling about sin, we're not even thinking about the point of that. If we remain in him, something happens there. There's a transaction that happens if we remain in him, if we abide in him. It's not even about what the, what, what, do we sin here? Did I sin? Did the, no, it's if we remain, if we abide in him, then we don't sin. Well, what does that mean? We'll, we'll, we'll get to so the, so there's this there's this transactional element to this abiding. There's, see, Jesus Christ is our source, the only one who can provide the spiritual sustenance and vitality we need to be useful followers. He is the only source. Thus, we need to hang out with him and his people. It's the element of abiding. 
How do you abide? What does that look like? We, we need to hang out with him and his people. As John gets to, as we, we'll get to that, that place um, here, it says, everyone who has been born of God does not sin because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin because he has been born of God. You, you can't avoid Jesus all week and then show up on a Sunday morning expecting growth. It, do, it doesn't work that way. You know, as we, as we show up and, and, we're, and we're discussing practicalities, and, and I brought up the, the, the hope I placed in my bracket on Thursday that was just devoided by Friday. And so, I, I, you, just, you can't, that, that, that can't be my source, right? And we're talking about these things and how, how, how we see the, the, the service going. But, but one thing that is clear is, is as we gather to pray, he, he, he condescended in our presence. He was here with us, and I knew that there was an abiding that, that Garrett had, that it wasn't just as he walked in these doors this morning that, that he knew this person of Christ. There wasn't, there wasn't just this happenstance that TJ walked in. There was an abiding with Christ that had to have gone on before 8 a.m. this morning. There was an abiding our sister had that, that as we we're talking about neighborhoods and things that God is doing that, that couldn't have just happened as she walked in the door, but it had to be there as she's going through her ins and outs, her days, and, and, and at work that there's this abiding presence. She's hanging out with Jesus. What were the disciples declared guilty of? They had been with Jesus. It wasn't that, oh, these are the good people there. There's no poor. It's like, no, these men have clearly been with Jesus. Okay, so, so the abiding element that we have here as, 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 the, as the apostle, the elder John is, is writing here, the, the, other, the other point here is the inheritance. The, the, and, and, I, and I love this because, you know, as we um, work through racial matters and things that go on in our nation, what I'm cons- consistently reminded of is when we come into Christ, there's a new inheritance. There's a, there's a new inheritance. I'm like, how is this such a big issue, especially with the church? It, it, it's a non-issue because in case y'all didn't know it, my, my, my skin color does not dictate my relationship to you now because guess what? We all brothers and sisters. So if I see you in a grocery store, I say, what's up, brother? Just know I'm not talking to the black guy walking beside you. I'm talking to you because we, our inheritance has changed. And so you may be able to trace your lineage all the way back to Germany, but guess what? That's been replaced now in Christ. So now we have the same inheritance. So though my, my ancestors might have been slaves, now we are the same because we have shared the blood of Christ and our inheritance is in Christ and his kingdom now. So now we are now brothers and sisters. So you inherited me as your brother. I inherited you as my brothers and sisters. And now we have this rich inheritance that transcends our natural inheritance. I don't understand how this is a problem for the Christian because now it's not if I'm a black Christian. No, I'm just, I, call, I am named after Christ, so it cannot hold the, a, a racial standard now. It is hold as Christ. And so now me and TJ walk together as brothers because we have the same father. If you've been born of him, as John begins to ferret out, if you've been born of him, this will be seen, right? 
This is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. We don't make those distinctions. The Lord makes that distinction by his word. It's, it's this inheritance issue. It's a huge issue. So we see in, in, at the beginning of chapter 3, see what great love the Father has given us, that we should be called God's children. And we are. I love the stamp that he, he doesn't mince words. We have been God, called God's children, and we are. There's, a, there's like a, a, a stamp of approval that the writer puts on that. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Let me tell you something. There are family members of mine by, by, by birth heritage that I have less in common with than I have with you. Because they are of the world. They are not regenerated and come to that knowledge of Christ and their inheritance has not been changed. And so I have more inheritance with you, though you come from a whole different people, than I have with them. This is the church. That I would have natural family that does not have that intimacy I would have with Garrett because we have an inheritance together because we're children of God now. We've been transformed from the nature of this world and the systems to the nature of Christ. And so now this is my brother. Though someone could have my last name and understand be related to my mother makes them an outsider until they come into the person of Christ. How many times do you hear that? So, so then, and, and don't get me wrong, there are things we need to do, but then when it says Black Lives Matter, I say, yes, I understand, but, but this is my brother, so somehow we got to figure this out because I can't just be for one people. I'm from the house of God. We can't go to the other side and say, well, well all no, 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 no. We are the house of God. We all come into this as an inheritance, so how do I care for my brother and sister in Christ? And this is what John is saying. It's, a, it's, it's nonsense that the church would have to try to take sides outside in the world systems versus coming in and accessing this rich inheritance we have unless we don't have it. He, and he says in 10, and I'll keep referring back to this, this is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. And so he's writing again, Two people who've been in this for a while. And he's writing, by the way, he's not writing to the city council. He's not writing to, to the, 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 the temple of Athena there in Ephesus. He, Ephesus. He's writing to the church saying, look, some of y'all are not God's children. And this is how it is obvious. This is how it's made plain. And so he's saying, hey, y'all, uh, all this nonsense going on, this is how you, you, you see, this is how it's made obvious. Whoever does not do what is right, especially the one who does not love his brother or sister. So, so we're going through this inheritance bit, right? I love this. Dear friends, we are God's children now that we will be at, we will be, oh, sorry. I, I was like, wait, hold on. This ain't tracking with me in the English. Dear, dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. Wow. So inheritance is, is an interesting thing, right? So, so you have an inheritance, but if your predecessors or those who hold that inheritance have not passed on yet or passed it down to you, your inheritance is, is, is waiting. You, you can't, sometimes there will be like trust funds that they'll say you have to be 18, 21, 35, whatever they put the cap on for you to get that inheritance. Or if your parents are still living, they don't pass it on, but you know you have this inheritance. What, what John is saying is like, look, our, our, the full measure of our inheritance is not yet felt yet. 
It is now, but not yet. We are not what we don't. Don't think that this is it, guys. Don't think that, that what you see, wait, we, we are not what we will be. He, he has told us, Christ has told us some things, and so we see that. And I, I hope I'm not being too loud. I'm too boisterous here. I get excited about this. I, I, I do. Like, I don't understand, like, how people, like, you know, it's like, and not, not that, you know, people, we, we're all different. But, man, my, my, my life, I did not know the transformation power Christ could do on, on someone like myself. And then you come into this thing and think there's benefits like, like just the, 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 the hellish nature of the world that I lived in is not enough. There's benefits. We're not yet what we will be. And we will be revealed. We, we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. I long for that. I long for that. We will be like him when because when we, we will see him as he ever will be. No, I wonder if I'm walking in the will of God. I, I wonder, you know, I thought I was hearing God. I wonder. No, we will see him as he is. Nothing between us. It will, we will be just like him. As Christ is, right? This is inheritance. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. What a rich inheritance. All right, I'm going to try to flow through this. I should have set a timer. Um, don't be shy to be like, hey, you know, you know we, 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 ready, we ready to go. Cause, uh, but I'm going to try to get to this, but I am a preacher, unfortunately, right? So inheritance is the temporal and eternal blessings and privileges afforded to faithful followers for the enjoyment of all the rights, all, y'all, all the rights and benefits of the king and his kingdom. Somebody say all. What does all mean? All, right? Y'all got kids that ask y'all like, a question about everything. Why don't you want me to touch that? Why can't I eat that? Can I lick the bottom of my shoe? Why can't I lick the bottom of my shoe? And, 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 you, and you're like, you know, and you're thinking, why can't you lick the bottom of your shoe, right? Uh, because it's dirty. But they don't, well, what's dirt? And you're like, son, lick it. Lick the bottom of your shoe. <laughs> go, go ahead, just lick it. I don't, tell me how you felt about that. You know, it's just, you, you get to a point, but, but all, what's all? I mean, it's like, well, all means all. Everything. We have all the rights and benefits of the king and his kingdom. So the encouragement here that, that, that John is saying is live according to your spiritual birthright. It's been granted, Ephesians 1 and 11 says, In him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. Wow. So he, he works it out according to his own will because we have, been, we have got this glorious inheritance in it so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. Don't lose sight of that inheritance. We, we have an inheritance to abide with Christ. And again, I hope it's not this road to where we, we have to do so. He's saying, look, if those who have put their hope, he's already bringing it to the praise of his glory. Again, that was Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. Then the R here, righteousness. He, he goes through this. If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. 
and, and 3 and 7, he says, Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. So what is he so, so I, I do have to, like, my, my, this resembles something. My, my life does something here. It, it's, it's this, so, so as, we, as we look at the concept of righteousness, it's the divine standard God has established for mankind's actions and attitudes to be acceptable to him. The divine standard God has established for mankind's actions and attitudes to be acceptable to him. So what, what people tend to do is say, well, I want to remove the standard of God so I don't look so bad. We cannot do that. We, we cannot do or Or you have the, another camp and say, well, well, we'll remove the standard. Or, or what we'll do is we'll say, Here, here's what God does. He just looks over all that stuff. God's not too hard up on the commandments. He's not too hard up on, on righteous living. He, he, he'll look over that stuff and he'll, he'll say, well you, well, you tried, right? I mean, you were, we'll, we'll, we'll just look over that. But we miss out on this abiding and inheritance if we don't take a, a correct and a biblical view of righteousness. His grace then makes us, as we've been reading, like him. And so he transforms us to actually be like him. And so he doesn't overlook something. He, he takes what is the dirt and the mire and he transforms it to be like him. And so he, he fashions us. So I once was, but now I'm not because of his grace and his mercy. The inheritance and the abiding transforms me to be something I could never be called. We see this through the concepts of the, of the Old Testament. And you're looking through ones and he's just changing names and, and using mess and and being able he doesn't cause it but he's able to take it and work it for his will because of his own righteousness like who does that he you you get lying abraham the abraham can't stop from lying he sarah's my sister you know that's not your sister man like and you do it like we're talking after covenant by the way before covenant and after covenant, you get old thieving Jacob. I mean, you have these, these ones, and he's just changing names and saying, look, this is what you are and what you know to be, but I'm going to make you this. Don't forget what Judah did. Y'all, know, y'all read the Old Testament? Yeah, Judah was some, in some mess. And he says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a new thing in you, Judah. Not, not this Judah. Not, 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 not you, Judah, but... The, the, your, your namesake, uh, but don't, don't worry about that. You're going to be great. But, but he, he says, you know, I, I'm going to do a new thing in you, and I'm going to make you, I'm going to bring the Messiah out of your lineage. What, 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 why, why, God? Like, what love is this, right? That you would take something like, what, what, what is a worm like me even got on your radar that you would transform and use and, 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 and bring me to a place that I could bring praise and glory to your name, God? Like, why would you do that? And, and it's because you, we abide. It's like Jesus could say, we've eaten together. And because we eat together, I want you in my father's house. So there's that inheritance of it. And, and because I'm bringing you into, I got to give you a signet ring. I got to change your name and give you a robe as we see in the parables. And now you are part of my family. And now you're going to look just like me. And so we get the transformation. So we're not a, a, a handout case. He's like, I'm going to even make it to where you look like me. 
There is no other. This is why we don't have to be hateful to preach the Christ and him crucified. There's no other place you can find this kind of love and this kind of strength. No, I, I will give a million dollars to the person. I don't have it. But I will give a million dollars to the person who come to me and say, wait, I found it here. You cannot find it. You are a subject here or you are working by law here. You'll never reach it. And we still praying for you after you dead, even if you're a prophet. And, but, but here he says, no, you become just like me, a part of my family. And I make you, I, I make up the lack. Only Jesus does that. that. That's why this is so important, right? Romans 4, 2 says, if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham and all his line, it doesn't say that, but I'm just saying, y'all, y'all, Abraham was a mess, y'all. Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him for righteousness. Now, the one who works, pay is not credited as a gift, but as something owed. This is important. As we read this, don't get into this owed business of, of trying to, to follow law and, and rule as, as if it was something owed. But to the one who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for righteousness. That's important. That, 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 that believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for righteousness. It, it, it is not so we can sometimes look at, at the outworking verses and then miss the object. The object of our faith must be Christ and him alone. That in turn produces a dependency on Christ and his, uh, and his ability. And this is called justification, by the way. This is, this is the whole concept of justification. He, it is his ability and what he has done, who he is and who he will be and will continue to be is the reason we're able to be, right? This is the concept of justification, which leads to the the reflection of the reality of what he's done for us. And this is where sanctification comes in. I'm I'm not acting sanctified because I want to measure up. Because I am abiding in him and I am with him, then I'm sanctified because I'm changing. He's rearranging me. His spirit then gets involved and, and and, and he brings in his dynamic ability to make me different because I abide. Not because I'm trying to follow and bare knuckle and, and, and make sure I don't know. It's because I abide, right? It's where it comes out of. I, I call this the hitch principle, y'all. Y'all, anybody, any, any Will Smith? I, I'm not even a Will Smith fan as much as I'm a hitch fan. I, I love the movie. Anybody here watch hitch? Um, I know we in church. It's all right. It's not... PG-13, I mean, who, right? So, so we, you know, the, the, the hitch factor, right? I, I love it, and, and I think TJ and I have talked about this, but, but there's one time where, where, where he's in the car with them, and he's like, and the guy's like, I don't, you know, I don't know if she's going to like me. He's like, look, she agreed to go on a date with you. So now you, it is not your job to get her to like you. It is your job not to mess it up. Like, she already said yes when she could have said no. She made a plan when she could have blew you out. I know, this is like verbatim, right? So, so don't mess this up, right? This is, this is and, I, and, it, and it breaks down because everything breaks down when it comes to the word and to the, the vastness of God. But, but it's not on us to, to make us like him and to, to make sure. No, it's on us not to mess it up. Don't walk out, uh, out from under your abiding. Don't, don't leave the table. Just eat with him. 
Just allow him to, to work in you. Just, just, just get to know. Don't, don't pray for things. Pray that we will be able to, to know him and, 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 and to sup with him. You ever drive in your car and say, Jesus, I want you to, to, to feel your presence and know you're near so badly that it would be like you sitting in this seat with me, talking with me. As I'm on the phone with friends, that Jesus, it would be like that. That our relationship would be that deep and that rooted and that I would know that I know you are walking with me. That desire alone is the, the abiding nature. Don't mess that up. Don't mess that up. Don't go to following rules. This is why Paul called the Galatians foolish. He foolish Galatians. Like, how did, why would you even go to this? If the law was a, a capable, they would have done it. No, don't do this. He started by grace. Okay, so the his principle. I, I am getting to our conclusion here. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, And some of you used to be like this. I was. I used to be like what that list says, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. What is he saying there? It's that when Jesus does not have, he's not picky how you come to the table. It's that you allow that relationship to, to begin to work in you transform you to become like him. Don't leave the table after when it gets an awkward moment or a hard conversation. They're going to happen. My, my prejudice and ethnocentrism was challenged at the table of Christ. And I had the option to get up and leave the table, scoot the chair and walk out and say, I still want to have your name, but I, I don't want to be at the table with you. Because you're challenging something in me. Don't, don't, don't allow that. Don't just abide. And we see if, if we're not careful, we will tend to get the proverbial cart before the horse, so to speak, and place sanctification, the process of disciples' growth in Christ, ahead of justification. We can't do that. Because if we put justification here, which is to be declared righteous because of Christ's cross and life, in order to, we mix those up in order to then. Get to this ethereal place of abiding. This only produces a mentality of works. And if you work for it and you dismiss the gift and treat it as a wage earned, God is going to say denied. God owes no man. Many people will stand before God and list their credentials, right? At an MBA or a PhD, or I went to church every Sunday. I, I, I helped the needy. I, I read my Bible. But God will not grant salvation as something owed. We must first abide in him. This is why he says, depart from me, I did not know you. He doesn't say, he, you know, he doesn't say depart from me because you've just been a lousy human being. He doesn't say that. I mean, he could. He doesn't say that. He says, depart from me because I did not know you. Right. If we go if we go back even to the, the heavy hitting uh, verses in here, because I think one thing still looms like, well, what are we going to do about the sins? If you're anything like me, if I'm sitting in your spot, I'm saying what? But he does say this stuff about sin. What are we going to do about that? Like we're going to talk about that. No, you know what? We're not technically. <laughs> but, but what about these things? But if you look at the way John is writing this and he writes in something called amplification, right? He's just recircling and circling. It's like a washing cycle. He's just going around and bringing around and, and giving an example. You see practice, perform, and persist. That's what he's talking about. Practicing, performing, and persisting. You don't work at a place you just were uh, frequenting for an hour, right? 
I don't work out if I went to the gym once in two weeks. Like, I, 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 I visited the gym, really. Like, I don't work out. It takes some, it takes some, some practice some performance and some persistence for me to actually get the credit of working out. I, I can't work as, as, a, as a, a barista because I went to Starbucks and got a drink, right? No, I don't walk in like, oh, are you a barista? No, I, I, I went and got a drink. But if I'm behind there day in and day out, then I work there. So what John is saying is, look, if this is habitual for you, this is what he's talking about. You cannot be in habitual practice of devilish things and then name the name of Christ. You cannot work it and then say, I am not what you perceive I am because of the way I work. If I keep telling you I don't work at Starbucks, but I smell like espresso 24-7, I have the little green you know, apron, and you come in, and I give you a drink, and I'm like, I don't work there. Garrick and Blake, man, you crazy. Like, <laughs> you work there. I see you there every day I go. You can't deny that, right? So this is what he's talking about, so don't get hard up about that. All right, don't get hard up about that. So Christ's appeal to a people who stopped abiding, we see in Revelation 3.20. And I'm closing here. Um, you see, in Revelation 3.20, it says, See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. We, we talk about, you know, you get a preacher, I'm going to talk about the Laodicean church. You know what kind of message that's going to be, right? But, but we, don't, we, don't, we don't camp on this offer. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, says, I stand at the door and knock. Just open up the door and I'll come in and abide, right? I will come in and, and, and eat with him. It's, it's, no, it's no wonder then that, that, that when Jesus comes to restore Peter, what does he say? Come and have breakfast, John 21 and 12, he says, come and have breakfast. Abide, Peter, abide in me. John 15, 6 says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Abide. Abide in me. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove Proved by your abiding to be my disciples. What fruit, Jesus? As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. What does he say to the Ephesians in Revelation? You have forgotten that place of your first love, that abiding place in me. You do all these things. And by the way, I hate them people and you do too. I love that about you. But you've forgotten this place of this abiding your first love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. See, 1 John 3.10 and uh, the worship uh, team, well, I guess Garrett and TJ can uh, make their way back. I'll, I'll, I'll close here. Um, 1 John 3 in, in verse 10 says, this is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. Whoever does not do what is right is not of God, especially the one who does not love his brother or sister. You see, the outflow of abiding inheritance of righteousness is love. 
This is the outflow. The decision to compassionately, righteously, responsibly, and sacrificially seek the well-being of another. This can only come from a place of abiding love for Christ that overflows to those around us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second one is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. The love that causes us to abide will cause us to, to, to overflow to those that we also abide with. There, there's this principle where John hangs his hat on love. It's not a a, 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 a ethereal, soupy love. No, it's love with the standard of righteousness in it that, that we love to the point to where it hurts sometimes because there's a righteous standard, but we love regardless. And this is how you prove to be my children, is that you love. Father, this is a high standard. But we, we are so, we're so privileged. We're so grateful that we do not have to meet the standard. We just have to abide. Father, we, we just have to accept Jesus, what you did, the finished work to, to be able to, to make what was, what was lacking paid in full at your cross. And, and at your resurrection that we can come into this place of being transformed if we abide in your love. So, Father, I ask that what we hear, what has been preached, Lord, if there's any law and wrote in it, Father, would you remove that and let, let the, the invitation that you gave to the Laodiceans as you knock on our hearts. Let us open to you this morning. Father, let us open to you and dine with you. If it's been a while, Father, let, let us find that place of intimacy before you, Jesus, where we allow you in. If we left the table, Father, let us walk back in to dine with you, to repent and say, say Jesus, I'm sorry for leaving, but I'm here now to abide in you. So, Father, we just thank you for, for the, the invitation and ask, Father, would you abide in us as we worship and as we commune around the person of who you are, Jesus, and your son's holy name.